Welcome to part three of the small group restart. If you missed parts one and two, go to allenwhite.org forward slash restart to catch up. Today, we look at how to recruit leaders. Now, don't hyperventilate just yet. What I'm about to tell you is the easiest way you will ever recruit small group leaders in your church, and it works. I've helped churches start over 16,000 small groups in the last decade. Not only is this easy, but it's COVID proof. We're having a lot of fun over in the Facebook group, and I hope you're taking advantage of this time to interact with me and other small group restart participants. To access the group, you can find the link at allenwhite.org forward slash restart. Now, grab a cup of your favorite beverage, silence your cell phones, and let's get started with the small group restart. For more information on the small group restart, jump over to allenwhite.org forward slash restart. Welcome to the Exponential Groups podcast. I'm your host, Alan White. This podcast is designed to help you take the guesswork out of groups. In each episode, you will discover effective ways to recruit more leaders, form better groups, and make more disciples. Please subscribe to this monthly podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, welcome back to session three. I'm so glad that you've joined us. We're halfway through as of today. All right, let's talk about the next step. So in day one, we talked about your purpose for group. So you're clear on your purpose now. And then yesterday we talked about engaging your senior pastor. So you figured out something that you can do that will align groups with where your senior pastor is headed. Now, let me ask you this. What are you asking for? You see, to have a group, you need a leader, right? Who are you looking for? Now, this gets into what I think is the classic leader recruiting dilemma. It's a conversation that kind of goes like this, and I think you've had this conversation. I've certainly had this conversation. You see, you ask, you say to somebody, hey, you should lead a group. And then they say, well, sorry, I, I'm not a leader. And you say, well, at least join the leader training, right? And they say, why? I'm not a leader. Why do I need to join leader training? Most people don't see themselves as any kind of a leader. See, if you need qualified leaders to start a group, then you get caught in this dilemma. Are you caught in this dilemma? I used to be caught in this dilemma. What are your group leader requirements? What does your church require for people to lead a group? Well, some churches, if they're breathing, if they have a confession of faith, baptism, church membership, a new leader briefing, an interview, a coach, a basic leader training, maybe they have to apprentice first, maybe they need their master of divinity, maybe they need all of that before they lead a group. You see, the higher the requirements, the fewer leaders that you're going to have. But the other side is also true. The fewer requirements, the greater risk you're going to have. So which do you want? You get to pick your problems. What is your church leadership's acceptable level of risk? When you talk to your pastor, when you talk to your elders, when you talk to your executive team, what is their acceptable level of risk? Who are you recruiting? This is a big question. So Jesus said in Matthew 9, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers into 
his harvest field. Let's talk about resetting our leader recruiting. Who are you recruiting? Well, Jesus said in Matthew 9, we're recruiting workers to send out workers into the harvest field. Workers, not leaders, workers. Why have we made forming groups so complicated? Well, here are my reasons why I made groups so forming groups so complicated. I didn't want any problems. <clears throat> I didn't want to be blamed. The result was I had only 30% of our adults in groups after working very, very hard for seven years. So who are you recruiting? Jesus said, workers, disciples make disciples. You don't need a leader. You don't need a teacher. You just need a disciple to make a disciple. See, the word leader gets in the way. Sometimes we would say host, you know, that started about 20 years ago, 2002, uh, with 40 Days of Purpose. We used host instead of leader, and that worked all right. Now, but if you've been using host uh, for 20 years, you know, the jig is up. People know you just mean leader. So, uh, but if you haven't ever used host, then host is still a valid word. Have you ever bought a car from a car dealership? You're thinking, where in the world is this guy going now? I'm going somewhere. Have you ever bought a car from a car dealership? I mean, if you're going to buy the car, you're going to lease a car, in order to drive that car off the lot, you have to fill out a lot of paperwork, right? You got to fill out the loan information or the lease information and the dealership's information and the DMV's information. You got to fill out all this paperwork in order to um, drive that car off a lot and take it home. But usually before you get to that point, they want you to do something else. And that is, they want you to test drive the car. They want you to slip in behind the wheel, right? They want you to think about how terrible your old car is and how wonderful this car is so you're never able to drive that old car again. I've got a friend that when he was a car salesman, he actually had a mirror set up on the side of the building. And so at the end of the test drive, they would drive around the building and they would stop and the, and the salesman would say, look at yourself. And the driver could see themselves in the mirror in that new car. He says, you look good in that car. Ah, what a great sales tactic, huh? But what do you need in order to have a test drive? You don't need to fill out all that paperwork. You don't need to meet all of those requirements. In order to have a test drive, you need a driver's license. That's all you need. You need a driver's license in order to have a test drive. You don't have to meet all of the qualifications. So my question for you is this, what is your church's driver's license? What is the minimum requirement to do a trial run of a group, and maybe it's a group with friends, and maybe it's not advertised. So could your driver's license be breathing? I've worked with churches that said that. Maybe breathing in a confession of faith and baptism. I worked with churches that said that. Maybe you need to be a member of the church, and I've worked with churches that said that, or at least you're in the process of membership. Maybe you need to come to some sort of new leader briefing so that you can... Um, at least get a good head start on what to do. 
Maybe you need some of these other things, an interview, a coach. I'm a big fan of coach. Every group that I start gets a coach. Uh, basic leader training, apprenticing first, master divinity. Well, some of these things take quite a lot of time. So you want to eliminate the risk, but you also want to increase the reward. Because the reality is, Andy Stanley said this a long time ago. He said, your system is perfectly designed to achieve the result that you're getting right? And you go, oh, you're right. That my system is perfectly designed to achieve the result I'm getting. So you got to change something in the system in order to increase your reward, but you also don't want to throw caution to the wind and have complete chaos. So what do you do? Well, you make these groups short term. It's six weeks long. So maybe it's five, maybe it's seven, but somewhere around six, it's short term. It's a trial run. It's a short term unadvertised group. Because if you advertise the group, then you've endorsed the group. You've put it on your website, you've put it on a list, you put it in a group directory, and you say, this church approves of and certifies this as being a genuine group, and you're going to have a wonderful experience. Well, you can't do that. You don't even know the person, maybe, right? So you want a short-term, unadvertised, there's a safety there, group of friends. A short-term, unadvertised group of friends. The problem with lowering the bar is it's, it's negative. So I don't talk about lowering the bar anymore. There's a problem with that. But on the other hand, my friend Randall Alquist said, you know, we're, we're not recruiting elders here. So what do we do? We delay the requirements. We delay the requirements. We say, okay, we're not going to require everything of them now to take a test drive. We're not going to require them to fill out all the paperwork to buy the car. We just, as long as they have that driver's license, and you can determine what your driver's license is for your church, right? And then we delay the other requirements, knowing that eventually we're going to bring back the requirements. So let's say that we asked somebody, we said, hey, as long as you're breathing, as long as you're willing, as long as you know Jesus, uh, you can lead one of these groups. But our requirements are that um, that they would, you know, have some extended training. They would gain some experience. They would have a coach. They would be a member of the church. Those kinds of things. So we start out. We give them something basic to start with. But then later on down the road, when they show that they like doing this, when they show that they're good at it, then we begin to bring back some of these other requirements. My goal here is not that you would have multiple systems that you have to run. My goal here is that you would have a continuum of leadership development. And some of those people start back, um, you know, at, at just gathering their friends and giving it a try, but eventually you bring them into all of these other things that you've delayed. You see, in 1 Timothy 5.22, Paul said, do not be hasty in the laying out of hands. So these people that they, they want to gather with a couple of friends and do a study, that's great, but don't call them a leader. Don't call them a leader until they've proven themselves. Don't call them a leader until they've met the qualifications. Then call them the leader. But in the meantime, call them something else. Call them a host. Call them a facilitator. Call them a friend. And then once they've met the requirements, call them a leader. And that's the goal for all of them, is that they would be qualified as leaders in your church. We're just starting at a different place. And instead of meeting all the qualifications before we drive the car, we're going to meet the minimum qualification, the driver's license, to give it a test drive to see if we're even interested in this car, or in this case, small group. 
Someone must prove themselves before you can call them a leader. And I think that's responsible. I think that's healthy. So what is proving themselves? Well, it could be training and interviews, but it could actually be leading. And let's be honest. There are some people that we've sized up and they say, wow, they could be an outstanding leader and they end up being terrible. And there's other people that maybe, uh, maybe we've written them off and said, I don't know if that person could lead. And years ago, somebody told me some of the most unlikely people will make some of your best leaders. And I found that to be very, very true. So here's your assignment for today. Um, what is the driver's license in your church? So is it breathing? Is it they have a relationship with Christ? They've been baptized? Is it membership? What is the driver's license in your church? And under what circumstances could a person take a group for a test drive to see if they would enjoy doing it. Then we'll talk about bringing back the requirements later on. In tomorrow's episode, we will focus on connecting people into groups. Tomorrow in part four, I will show you how to use active recruiting methods, which are far more effective than sign-up cards, websites, and group directories. Uh, ready to try something that actually works? Now, don't worry. Again, like I've said before, in February, the Exponential Groups podcast is going to go back to our regular format with our very special guest, Heather Zippel from National Community Church. But for tomorrow, you won't want to miss this episode. The principles I will give you tomorrow mean the difference between having 30% or less of your church connected into groups and seeing 80, 90, even 100% or more of your people connected into groups. I'll see you tomorrow.